All right. How are you? How's your granny for slack? Is she all nice slack-free in the cocoon? Fuck off, you cocooning bitch. When you gonna come out a butterfly, you bitch, you old bitch? <laughs> Imagine you were horrible. Fuck off, you old bitch. Ding dong. Oh, hello, who are you? Fuck off, bitch. Imagine you do that to people. People have it in them, in in their ability to just do horrible things that they don't do. You ever just walk by a window being like, I wonder if I just fuck this water bottle out the window. Do you know what I mean? I wonder if I just if I just called my mate and said, Hey John, how you doing? Your man's dead. That's weird. Your man died. I found out only messing, your man's alive. Or even not saying only messing. Your man's dead. I just heard there, are you okay? I hope you're doing alright. You know? Send a text. Hey, someone just died, you know? Ding dong. Oh, how are you, Nathan? Fuck off, you cocooning bitch. People have that in their ability to do. Thank God for the Bible, huh? Thank God for morality. Where would we? We wouldn't have it. One more time. Anyway, how are you doing? Thank God, you know, of all of the of the apocalypses, this has to be the probably the most polite I've been through so far. Um, although my uh, my brother in law did point out something interesting in the last two years, right? We have had three times in this. I don't know in this whatever we had it three times in this country to stay at home. We had the snow, we had the storm of failure. Like, literally, like, stay at home, don't go out. Getting a bit soft, do we? You're getting a bit soft, man. Are we getting a bit soft? Or is this new... Or, hey, little... I'm going to put a little, my little uh, tinfoil hat on right now. It's a fabulous hat. It's two foot tall. I did this in... I'll, well, this I'll finish with this one sentence. Or are they getting us used to the new normal? Have they been bringing in the new normal for a while now? Speaking of big tall hats, um, I perform in a group um, called Dream Gun, where um, the very funny lads in Dream Gun, uh, I'm not one of the writers, but I'm one of the performers in it. They rewrite films, fill them full of jokes, and we perform them. We've done it in Edinburgh, the Dublin Fringe, uh, and usually on every month or two in uh, in Wheelands. And... <clears throat> Stephen Colfer, who is one of the writers and one of the lead performers there, he made the mistake of uh, saying that I could be Willy Wonka in the Edinburgh Fringe production. Well, when he let me know that, I said, can I bring my own costume? He said, yes. And I made a hat that was about three feet tall. And I said, there you are, man. You could fucking give me a chance. Give me a chance to step out there. Steal the limelight. I'm going to do it with a big giant hat. Anyway, what am I saying? Yeah, don't be getting used to... This is, this is my... I, I hope the rhetoric after all this. The rhetoric. And I keep in mind, people are listening to old episodes from episode 17 when I'm not even talking about coronavirus. This is going to date terribly. But, um, I hope this isn't some, you know... I, I don't want... I don't want to hear anyone with the... Look, when this happens again, we'll be... No! No! No, I'm not having it. There is no when this happens again. This is never happening again. This is never happening again. And I've been very lucky. I I have had a distraction. I have had, thanks to you, very kind listener, a source of income to do this from home. You know? Uh, I haven't needed to to get on the state 
Though, you know, I would if I did need it, you know. I guess I'm just, um, yeah, this better not be any new normal, right? It's never happening again. I am never letting this happen again. My cousin once, um, when he was going through a bit of a tough boy phase, right, um, we were in uh, Eamon Dorn's, uh, which was the spot. The smoking area was the spot. I told you, I used to go in there all the time. I uh, once chased, followed your man. You know, you just get this goldfish brain. Um, and like, it's karma for the amount of people to shout plume at me now, right? But do you ever just get goldfish brain where you just are locked into something? Like a pal of mine, for whatever reason, we still slagging about it now, was locked into this phase of going, whip and you have this kind of goldfish brain where you can't, re- you don't remember it. You've said that you're so locked that you don't remember you've said this loads of times. And you're we still slag them better, right? So I got locked in this little goldfish. What would you call it? The goldfish nexus, I'm going to call it. When you get so drunk that you're repeating yourself or this funny thing that you think is gas, but you don't realize you've said it 20,000 times, right? And my thing was following your man around. What's his man? Your man's name, Lightfoot, Gary Lightfoot. Which man's name from Snow Patrol? Uh, Lightfoot. Lightfoot. Not light up. Gary Lightbody. Whatever. OBE. What? Why do you get an OBE? I tell you, calling yourself Irish and calling yourself OBE are two very different things. Um... Not having a go, Gary Lightbody, my peer and fellow musician. I do music sometimes. But um, he was in Eamon Dorrance's bar in Dublin. And uh, I was following him around going, And any time I'd see him pop up, I'd be like, I'm an asshole. I'm an asshole. Um... It was that song. I'll play a bit of it now. Yeah, see, it was... Um, but Eamon Dorns, right? Eamon Dorns. Um, a pal of mine was um, going through a bit of a bad boy phase, right? Was, you know, kind of just being a bit being a bit wild. Um, and we were in the smoking area in Eamon Dorns. And he was being obnoxious, knocking over drinks, being really loud, shouting at people. Uh, and then the bouncer said to him, Right, look, you, get out. And he went up to the bouncer, grabbed the bouncer by by his collars, right? Looked him in the eyes and he said, listen, remember this face. Never let me in here again. <laughs> like talk about like, you know, obviously you either take away you fuck yourself in the future. But talk about actually planning methodically to fuck yourself in the future of never being let in again. That's the subconscious really lashing out. Look, I'm flip flopping all over the place. I'm like a fish, right? Hey, are you a bloody Nemo? You're flip-flopping all over the place. Stick to the topic. Well, I'd like to say that my, um, see Trump, or as I like to call him, Tommy Pickles in the fucking playhouse, right? Uh, He says about Joe Biden, you know, or or vice versa, you know, in the debates. He'd say, "Uh, hey, is my my, uh, opponent uh, Nemo? Because he's flip-flopping. Hey, Biden, what are you, how do you just... You lose your aquarium, pal. You flip flopping. I'm flip flopping so much because I have had quite niche, specific topics on the pod as of recently, recent times. 
Um, and thank you very much for the love uh, of the Eurovision special. Eurovision special. Uh, I'm hoping that that becomes a an annual thing in some capacity. Hopefully, a live thing. My dream is that hopefully we can have our own alternative Eurovision once a year in a in a in a venue, you know, and have people come on. They're given a country. They're given a song. I shouldn't be giving away all these ideas, but it's my idea. Um, couple of buses out there. Couple of buses out there. Couple of buses out there. Uh, nice to see. Nice to see people back on the buses. Although Dublin bus, have you been arriving on time? Have you been a good boy? Have you been arriving on time? I tell you, no bigger liar than Dublin bus. And I know we should whatever. There's people listening to this that are like, well, where I live, you know, there's one bus into... Well, I'm sorry you live in a shithole, right? But I live in Dublin, the best place, as we all know. The bloody Hollywood of Ireland, right? Stones throws from Mount Rose, you know? The buses should be on time. It's nice to see the buses um, out and about. But are they arriving on time? Do let me know. Has Have you been left out in the cold? They have no reason... Well, maybe they do reason to be late. Maybe there's more. Maybe they have to clean or something. I don't know. I don't know what buses do. But I do know this. If you want to mess with a bus driver's head, right, as we do, when things get better, right, they've not to be on deal with now, right? Um, Say if you're getting a bus, and this isn't my story where I told you previously that I told a, a, a bus driver that he was a f- fucking dickhead, you dickhead, or whatever I called him. Um, no, what you do is you wait for a bus, right? And only, say you're waiting for a bus, it's 8 o'clock. You're looking to get to town for 9, right? It's 8 o'clock. The bus is supposed to be there at 8 o'clock. You check the time, it says 8 o'clock. The bus arrives at 5 past 8. Do you know what you do? Just be nice. As I, t- as I said before, they have enough to be dealing with, the bus drivers, right? But if it's 5 past 8, this bus arrived. It said it was going to be there at 8. Just get on the bus, pay your money, look the bus driver in the face and say, you liar. You fucking liar. And then don't say Anne. Don't explain. Don't explain that what you mean in your mind is that you lied about the fact that you said you were going to be here at 8 and it's now 8.05. Just say, just, you fucking liar. And sit down, you know. And you know what's going to be going through his head? Same thing that would go through my head. If someone stopped me in the middle of the street and said, Hey, uh, you fucking liar. And then walked away. I would be, in my head, I'd be like, you're right. But what do you know? What do you know about me? What, what specific lie are you talking about? You fucking liar. And you just sit down smiling. And the you know, you, best thing you can hope for, right? So you sit down. And he's like, what you say? Sorry, excuse me, what? You don't know anything about me. And just ignore him. Just pretend. Like, do you know what you do? Pretend to be asleep. Pretend to be a fucking sleep. Sorry, you don't know. I know you're not asleep. Excuse me. You don't know anything about my life. You know? You fucking liar. And do it every time. You know? I'm not having a go, right? It's a tough job. It's a tough job. You know? But, you know... I don't know the ins and outs of it. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm, obviously in my head, I'm thinking, be on time, have a contactless machine so I can just go bloop, bloop, you know? 
well, no, you have to pay the exact change, and then you have to go to a building, and you have to go, and it's, you know, it's right beside, it's in between the two Dr. Quirkies, right? If you go in, then there's a fella there and can give you back your five cent. So, you know, not having to go, but Shane Ross, if you're listening, get a bloody contact machine in there. Get a blue contacts machine in there and just tell the boys, get on time. Actually, do you know what? Hey, Shane Ross, you're a liar. There you are. Um, look, this is going to be a fun one, guys, because I've, no, I've got no script. I don't have a script in general. Um, I don't. I, this is always off the cuff. I don't write notes, as you know, I've, straight from the top of the dome as I rock, 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 rock the microphone, as you know. So, um, this one's even going to be more loosey-goosey. I'll tell you why when we get into it. Here we go. That was a special remix. Um, and actually, hang on a second. Talk amongst yourself. Um, to, to, to let you know who made that remix, it's also an episode of Tony's Name Drop Corner. Here we go. Is it Louis Walsh or Bono? 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 What the fuck? Okay, hang on, hang on. Is it Louis Walsh or Bono? He's the horn for. Let's find out in Tony's Name Drop Corner. Here we go. Um, your man Mark from Codaline sent me that. Was it Louis Walsh or Bono? he the horn for. Turns out it was Mar- Mark. Prend. Fuck. Prend the gas from Codaline. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. Um. Actually, you know what? I like that beat. Let's let, hang on. Let's kick it off. Let's. We're already feeling a bit loosey. We're already feeling a bit crazy. I have no plan of what to talk about for this pod. Um, so let's just get a little bit of a beat down. Let's have that. All right, give me the beat. If you wanna be like Tony, can watch it show. It's a hit show. You know, I know. If you wanna be like me, start with the glasses. Start with the long hair, fat asses, fat lips, fat dicks. Give me everybody's fat lips, fat dicks. Give me everybody's fat lips, fat dicks. Oh yeah, and I know yeah. Never has a man with so little. I'm talking about myself here, not Mark Prendergast. Never has a man with so little talent freestyled so much to so many for so few. Whatever. Shut up. Shut up. Um. So that was fun. Thank you very much for the for the for whatever. Moving on. We're keeping it chill. We're keeping it chill. We got no topic. Well, I got a couple of things maybe we can talk about, but um, you know, we'll see, we'll see, right? A sailor went to see see to see what he could see see see, but all that he could see 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 was about the deep blue see see see. That's the song that I sang uh, for my audition in the fourth class, not fourth year, 
you heard me right, fourth class production of Les Miserables, where I was, and not the first time I was skanked that year in a role, I was skanked as well as the role of uh, Joseph, Paul Flynn took it off me, uh, and, uh, and for, for Les Miserables, I was skanked of the role of Jean Valjean um, by, um, I mean, West End star Brian Gilligan, whatever, yeah, good, you know, pal of mine Brian Gilligan, right? Look, turns out he was going to be a West End star anyway. He was in the, the main, main cast. He was the lead in Once and the West End, right? Amongst other credits. Still. I should have went up there and I should have, you know, I should have wowed them. But I went up there and they're like, all right, Tony, go ahead. Whenever you're ready. <coughs> Whenever you're ready. And uh, just sing a song. And I said, okay, here we go. <clears throat> A sailor went to see, 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 to see what he could see, 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 but all that he could see, 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 was about all the deep blue, see, see, see. Yeah, prisoner number six, you can't you? When I get free, you won't see me here for dust. And I did a great job of that. What's wrong with me? I'm getting real. Anyway, um, that was a good, my teacher that year uh, in fourth class, um, was it fourth class? No, it was fifth class. Fifth class. Whatever, it doesn't matter to you. But my fifth class teacher was very good for music, right? He used to play the organ. So he'd be playing the organ while we'd be all, You shall cross the barren desert, but you shall not die of thirst. You know, here I am, Lord. Very musical episode already, this one. I think I found, uh... I did have someone, as someone said, Tony, don't be giving out to yourself for singing. I want to hear more singing on the podcast, that person said. The real, that person in real life said. Um... But he was very good for getting us to sing. And I remember when he, we joined his class, I had him in third class, I had him in fifth class. Um, and this actually, this was in third class. So we would have been eight or nine, right? And this was the same teacher, Mr. Thorpe, who thought that we were joking when we when he found out that Owen Hart, um, brother of Bret Hart, had died. My mate John, I mentioned this on the wrestling podcast on the Patreon, but my mate John brought in a wrestling pay-per-view from the night before. That was always on the Sunday night. He came in with it recorded on the Monday. We had a bit of a DOS class. And the teacher said, Mr. Thorpe said, do you want to watch something on the class? And the thing, and we said, yes, sir, sir, we want to watch this video. And we knew Owen Hart had died. It got to that part of the clip where Owen Hart, he didn't die in the ring. Well, he did technically, but it wasn't in a wrestling match. He fell from a loose harness and died from the fall. And JR, one of the commentators in wrestling, said, I'm very sorry to say that Owen Hart has died. And Mr. Thorpe, Thought this was part of a gimmick. And he goes, good, good. And we were like, son, no, son, no. Like he really died. Like he really actually died. And Mr. Thorpe sat there sulking for an hour uh, until he eventually got up, turned the thing off and said, I didn't know he was dead, okay? I didn't know he was dead. So this is the same teacher who, in third class, every Wednesday, he'd say to us, right, lads, uh, do you just want to sing a song? And he want to sing a song. And we do we do a music. We'd all sing in groups. And he's like, would anyone like to come up here and sing a song on their own? And we were like, what? <laughs> Gay? No way. No way. Not getting up there singing. Um, and so he's like, oh, that's fine. No one wants to sing a song. Next Wednesday, he was like, does anyone want to sing a song? Anyone want to sing a song? Quiet. No hands. And then a little hand went up the back. This is not me. I'm done talking about myself here, right? Because you know how I like to inflate stories about myself, make them sound really great. This is not about me. Little hand goes up. Kieran, right? Kieran puts his hand up. And he goes, I'd, I'd like to sing a song. 
It's like, okay, Kieran, come on up to the front of the class and sing a song. So Kieran goes up to the front of the class, must have been eight, eight or nine, and he's not singing yet, but he starts kind of like running on the spot. He's like, sh- like shuffling. And it's just like, and he re- I realized he's singing the song in his head. You know, he's not singing the actual music of the song, but he's kind of getting a built-in metronome in his head. And he's just, but for a minute, solid. He's just shuffling, and all you can hear is the sound of his clothes. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then he goes, get your motor running, and out on the highway, looking for adventure, and whatever comes our way. You're totally gonna make it happen. The world in love. He's singing "Born to Be Wild," right? He's singing "Born to Be Wild." And we're like, "What the fuck is this?" And we're all just staring at him. And he's he's, he's doing the pauses for the, but it's in his head, right? Then it's like, looking for adventure, and whatever comes our way, you're totally gonna make. And then the, "Born to Be Wild." And he sits down and it's like. <laughs> and so then, like, thanks for that, Kieran. And he just sits back down. That was it. And then next week, it was Wednesday. We did our music class. And then Mr. Thorpe says, does anyone want to sing a song? Anyone want to sing a song? And Kieran puts his hand up again. He's like, I'd like to sing a song. And I'm like, I remember thinking to myself, even though I was like, hey, imagine he gets up. and Get your motor around. And he does. I Looking for adventure. And, what? and we're sitting there, arms crossed, being like, can't believe you. Look at him. Look at him up there singing a song. What is he at? By week six, right? The It was too big of a banger that we just couldn't fight it anymore. And by week six, it was like, everyone, and I'm going to make it happen. Hit the world and love embrace. Fire all of your guns once and explode into space. Everyone on their desks like a true nature's child. We were born, born to be wild. We can fly so high and never gonna die. And Mr. Thorpe included, born to be wild. Just couldn't find it. Absolute banger. And at the time, I remember think, thinking, you know, what the f- you getting a get your motor running? And having just that, where does that cynicism come from as a child? That in it, like, had to go from pure innocence. To getting up and doing a song. Like, I used to get up and I'd be like, look, ma'am, I could do it. Ta- I used to be obsessed with the tap dancer from Sesame Street. I think, again, it was just a black guy, right? I used to love black guys. Still do. But um, I used to just want to be, uh, like, I want to be a black guy. I want to be the black guy I'd pick. I'd pick Adam in Streets of Rage. And I was into the tap dancing guy from Sesame Street, right? And I used to say to my mom, I'm a tap dancer, look. And I just tap dance my feet. And everyone was like, that's brilliant. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's actually brilliant. Um, because I'm a child of divorce, my wife laughs at me all the time. She thinks that I, I need, and I do, constant attention for everything, you know? Um, and so I used to do this little tap dancing bit, and it was, I mean, it was dog shit. I mean, I was, I was actually, it was like putting my foot on the ground and kind of like dragging it, like, 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 like there was no tapping. Actually, I don't, I don't even think I lifted my foot off the ground. It was like, just dragging my foot across. Across the floor. Look, look at me, I'm a tap dancer. Um so where does this in, where does it go from the from the innocence to hey look at me, I'm a tap dancer, to look at him getting up there and doing that in front of people. That's 
and everything is weird when you're a kid. That's weird. That's weird. You know, there's no way of analyzing it, you know. And I'm going to say this, right? With my boy, I got a boy now. Me and Terry got a boy now. We have a week old boy, a little baby boy. Um, and I'll tell you more about him in a second, but the reason I bring it up now, obviously, I want to tell you that he's born. And it's the main thing that's been going on. To be honest, it's the main thing that's been going on for the entirety of this podcast, and I haven't brought it up for whatever reason. Oh, I know the reason. I know the reason. The reason is I'm a big... I'm not even a big softy. The reason is that... You see, they tell you in the first trimester to not... Or the first 12 weeks to not tell people. Because one in four. One in four pregnancies. I learned all this stuff, right? One in four pregnancies in the first trimester end in... Uh, or the end. They end their mis- miscarriage. And no one talks about it. And no, and no one... You might even have friends. You might even have friends or family members who've literally lost a kid as far as they're concerned, you know? Lost a kid. Look, I'm going fucking deep now. I'm going fucking... I've Gary here, like, literally feet up on the desk, hands behind the head, being, I am fucking... I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let you talk in earnest until it's too much and I'm going to go... Blah, 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 blah. But, um... But look... I got a boy. And no, that's not what I was saying. I was saying that. Um, so similarly, I was like, right, it's past the 12 weeks now. I should probably bring it up. They were expecting. There's a lot that's been going on. There's a lot that's been quite funny leading up to this. Sorry, I let me finish my point from previous thing. I want to make sure that my boy is not cynical. That my boy can comfortably get up and sing a song in front of the class. And people are like, that shit. I'm like, whatever. That's impossible because the kid's a kid, you know. And teenagers are, are, are nervous. And But I hope... That I can convince him that there is a Gary in his head that isn't real, you know, and that is telling him. I mean, de- definitely with that, we're watching normal people. I'm probably going to do an episode of normal people because I fuck all else to be doing. Um, but that kind of, you know, there's a bit where where Connell just even just gets up from fucking across the couch and sits over and like, sorry, I don't know what that was, you know. He just fucking and like his mates are all telling him, look, it's fine. We're even letting you, if you're going out with fucking Marianne, you're going out with Marianne, it's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. We're your friends here, and he still won't say it, you know? So there's all these kind of invisible voices. Look, I'm not the fucking, I'm not the fucking authority on mental health here, but I want, I would, beyond the mental health side of things, um, I'd love, I'd love just, imagine, imagine you could go beyond that and just get up there, stand up there as a kid and just fucking sing a song, you know? Like Kieran did, but we went to twelve weeks, and I thought, you know, I don't, I just, I'm too much, I'm too sensitive that if we went the nine months or if hadn't happened in that time, it's an Irish thing. I tell, I say to my mom, like we can't just expect that a good thing is going to happen, you know. I say to my mom, obviously outside of quarantine, but I'd be like, right, ma'am, I'll be up to you in an hour, and she'd say, oh please God, please God, oh hopefully see you next week, oh please God. Hopefully we're not all smashed by a comet in that time. Please, God. Please, God. I don't want to jinx anything that, you know. And I might think that I'm not, you know, entwined in that old, that level of old supernatural jinxism. But I touch wood. I do all that shit. And for whatever reason, I thought, the second I go on here and start talking about my baby. My baby. Daddy. I can't say it anymore in this sexy way. But I can. But you know what I mean. Daddy likey. Um, as soon as I talk about my baby, 
something might happen. And then people are going to bring it up to me, you know? It's the same reason that people, you know, don't say anything in the first 12 weeks. When in reality, we should be living in a world where you can say, look, we, we were expecting a baby and, and, you know, we lost the baby in the first 12 weeks. And then everyone says it. And then people don't have to be sitting, much just sitting, with, stewing with that. Awful. Um, you know, Gary's trying to fucking, but I'm not letting him, right? So we have a baby. We have a lovely little baby. And guess what? I'm gay. I'm gay for my boy. I'm like Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton weeping about his son at the Oscars. I have a best friend. And he's sweet. And he's kind. And he's smart. And did I say kind? Not only is my friend, he's my son. He's my son. Well, I'm gay for the boy. um, And mommy okay. Baby okay. They're doing fine. Um, And it's great. It is great to have a focus that's not the outside world. And we're just staring in, you know. Um, I mean, it would have made good, to be honest, it would have made good content for the podcast because I realized how unprepared I was for everything. I had on my phone, right, an app that counts down dates, right? And I had two dates stored in that. One for the release of The Last of Us 2 for PlayStation 4 and the release of Cyberpunk 277 for the PlayStation 4. Those two dates. Not that, not, not, not my baby's due date. No, none of that. Uh, Not like, you know, uh, I don't know, milestones or visits for the hospital. The only things in my calendar were to launch these two games. So, you know, wasn't exactly. But, you know, um, I I feel like, what do you say? What do you say? Do you know what I'll say, right, about having a baby? And everyone's kind of explaining the feeling of when you see a baby, when you see your baby. And the wave you're meant to feel. I tell you what's ruined that for me is uh, doing yips, right? Um, Because, you know, not having a go at yips, but, um, you know, when you're, when you have a, when you do a yip, you you can actually feel the change. You can feel the change of the past world entering the new world, right? You were square, now you're yip to be square, right? And um, so I kind of expected, I didn't expect to be off my nut in the delivery suite, right? I didn't expect, you know, I'm tiddling them like violently. Get out there! I didn't expect that, right? But um, I kind of thought that that kind of wave, but it's more so like kind of this unraveling it's not like anything on top of it's just pulling away but in a in a in a in a nice way just kind of unraveling being like there's the focus and for me an egomaniac i have barely i'm not gonna have an all you know i have a little bit but i've barely thought about myself all week and i'm just you know i wouldn't get up i don't go up to take take a piss for myself that's how lazy i am but i get up to take him and snap you up to see if he's at a piss you know what i mean and I tell you, thank God shit is so easy to clean. Shit and coffee granules. Thank God it's so, uh, it's so easy to clean. But um, it, wasn't, it wasn't like coming up. But it was more like, all right, 
I, I, I get it. I get it. You know? And I didn't know what to expect. Everyone kept saying, are you excited? And I'm like, I don't know if, I don't know if excited's the word. I don't know if it's excited the word. We planned him. You know, we planned him. We wanted him. He came. You know? Um, and I tell you, he can cry. He doesn't cry. He's great. He's not been crying so far. In fact, you know what? He's not been crying. He's been sleeping all right. I have this fucking down, right? You watch this space all you want, right? It's piss easy taking care of a kid. This kid just chills out, sleeps all the time. His mother's got his mother's got a sleeping pattern figured out. We're down. We have this thing down. Watch this space, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be saying forever that I have this shit down, right? Um, and he's just he's just eating all the time. He's eating. He's chilled out. You know. In fact, he's eating so much, right? Um, that Terry keeps saying, "Oh, he loves um." He loves, he, oh, he, he, he loves, he loves the ditties, you know, he's, he's always eating. And everyone keeps saying, oh, takes after his father then. Everyone's saying that. How does everyone know? All the lads are like, oh, sounds like Tony. I love him, the, the ditties. Uh, but even my mother-in-law, oh, it sounds like his father. Why do I have written on my head, tit, tit, tit loving junkie on my head? How does everyone know that? I know I have pussy licking master. Um, you know, uh, written on my car canonically in the TCU. Um, but how does everyone know? Well, yeah, he's loving it. He's loving the ditties. And I've nothing but say- he hasn't cried, but when he does cry, I tell you, I've nothing but sympathy for him. The chap arrived from space. The baby arrived from space, was floating in space, literally floating, literally floating, warm, had like a little bell to ring whenever he was hungry, ding, fed. Feels great. Doesn't need to poo. Doesn't need to pee. Doesn't even need to breathe. Right? He's got all that Ed Harris shit he drinks. So he can breathe underwater. Right? Um, and then he comes out. And he's free. He comes out into the Arctic. Imagine that. Imagine landing. Just suddenly. You're on now the Arctic tundra. You're fucking freezing. And you can't even lift your neck anymore. Gravity is 10x. And you're like, what the fuck? Ah! Ah! Like out of nowhere. Can't see. Ah! He's getting shit oil. You know? So I have nothing but sympathy from this fella. I mean, you come, you, you fly from America. People are like, you all right? You all right? Do you want to sit down? You know? He came from space. Came from the other dimension. And it's crazy the fact that he was kind of communicating from another dimension, like literally putting his hand out through like like Peter Jackson's The Frighteners, right? Sticking his hand out and I'd be touching his hand from another dimension, like ghosts or something. Or like, as I said previously, The Frighteners. Um, but he's great. He's great. And I can't get over the kindness of people. I can't get over people feeling happy for other people. <laughs> you know, people feeling genuinely happy. Fathers and mothers saying it's the best thing in the world. You know, people asking if they can do anything. You know, people people willingly saying that they're they happily break laws to, to, you know. And it is weird. It is weird. And I'll tell you, but give a bit of a tidbit about what it's like giving birth. Well, I didn't fucking do it, for one. You know, I just uh, did the old, did the old, why am I saying, why am I, why do I have to be crass? I'm, I'm going to tell you what it's going to say there. I just did the old clownfish, skeet skeet on the eggs. You know? Imagine that as a fish. There's a lot of eggs in the ground. You're like, bloop. 
and you fuck off. Um, but so I had the easy job. Terry, the more difficult job. Um, and she was great, and she was positive, and she was zen. Um, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. You know what I mean? And you think you're going to have a break at some point, and then you don't. But what I will say is, couldn't get over. We we had a baby in the coom in Dublin. And I can't get over the... Look, at here the way I'm talking. But I can't get over... Because I can't just sit here and be earnest, right? I'm going to be earnest for a second. I cannot get over the kindness and support of uh, all of the midw- midwives and doctors and nurses in the coom. I can't believe it. I cannot believe that in any reality, like, you could have someone, you know... I, can't, I just can't believe that anyone else can, can, can call... Like, if I call this my job compared to what they do. And I know that sounds cliche and everything like that. Real heroes don't wear capes and everything. But it was scary enough going in there because we weren't sure if I'd get to go in. Me, the father, be there with the mother to, one, support her when she needs it the most. And then secondly, actually be able to see, not that I'm fucking obsessed with seeing crowning around like that, but I don't even watch, hey, I don't even watch the crown. Let alone seeing a head coming out of funny. So I didn't. Um, so that was one thing. But then also, it's not not been able to you know see the see the baby. Not even be able to be there for. So I literally had to drop Terry off in the in the car park. She had to go in on her own, and then I would get the nod from the car park when it was time to go up. Luckily, that was only fifteen minutes. But I'd heard that there have been there have been people waiting six hours in the car or going home, you know, or if anyone having any symptoms of COVID nineteen not been able to be there at all, being separated completely, or even separating the baby from, you know, the mother. So there was a lot of scary shit leading up to that. But i got to be honest, it, I, the coom felt like the one place in the world that had no, I mean, obviously everyone kept their distance, but everyone was just wearing the PPE, being very supportive, being not acting like they were scared of you, that you have it and running away, which I totally get is the right way to view this whole thing, acting like, not like other people have it, but like they have it and keeping the distance and everything like that. But it was very nice. It was very personal. They let me stick around for as long as was humanly possible. Um, and then I picked her up the next day. And it was great. And then we got a little fella. And I got to say, uh, I'm so, obviously I love my wife. Obviously I think she's a very impressive woman. <laughs> uh, but during this whole thing, like, Remaining calm the whole time, trying to keep it chill, just so that if there's some sort of frequency that he's picking up of, that things aren't okay, that he might come out a bit scared. Like, literally trying to channel wavelengths just to be chill so this kid comes out as chill as possible. And it's difficult to be chill. As I said, Arctic tundra, can't move your neck, shit and oil. But trying to stay chill. But I tell you, as soon as it came the moment to push, I literally saw her change in front of my eyes it was honestly like her eyes rolled back into her head started glowing white and she just became Gandalf the white like just she aged millennia in terms of maternal instinct and she just knew exactly what was necessary for the kid you know which turns out like his daddy was a little big bear jabs um but yeah that's it we love the baby and I told you now I've told you now, I felt weird. I guess I kind of also, you know, 
like the Beatles, you know, they didn't really let anyone know that they had girlfriends, you know. So they like, I like to keep my, I, I, I like you, the listener, to think that you, you have a shot with me, you know. You don't have a shot anymore. I'm sorry, right? Stop sending me nudes, everyone. You don't have a shot with me anymore, right? And I was already married, but now I don't even want the distraction, right? Stop sending me nudes. I've got a son. Um, and yeah, don't know. We're delighted. It's been lovely. It's been lovely. Um. He's just lying there, all cozy, in a onesie. And I keep saying to him, because I keep wanting to talk to him, but like I don't have anything really to say. So you just have to say everything. Like He has no context for anything. So I was there, and I found myself just describing um, moments from Big Brother Season 6 to him. Because I started off where I was like, you cozy, my little cozy, my little cozy fella. Because that's how I talk to my baby, right? And I said, my cozy. And I said, do you ever, and I was like, do you remember? And then I was like, of course, oh, of course you don't remember. You don't remember Macozy from season six of Big Brother. She got fingered by Anthony and thought she was pregnant, right? Funnily enough. And then I thought to myself, if she got fingered and thought she was pregnant and thought it was his penis, that seems to me that there was not much consent going on there. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. That's what I'm saying to my kid. But anyway, we're all doing fine. Mammy fine. Baby fine. And you know what? In light of this week, tell you what I hope for this kid. Obviously, I hope that he's able to stand up there in front of the class, sing a song. And I hope as well that like this year of Leaving Cert students, that he gets the continual assessment. I'm hoping that at least in 17 years time, you know, he can be looking forward to turning 18 so that he can try marijuana for the first time at a legal age. And that he uh, is being viewed continually across all of his project work for the year. But having said that, ooh, you got to feel for these kids. You got to feel for these continual assessment kids. Because, you know, you, you turn it on at the Leaving Cert. Sixth year is just you enjoying the last few years with your best mates literally sitting beside you. And then you just, and then you, you go into the sterile environment of the Leaving Cert and you turn it on, right? And for that to be denied to them, like, oh, we used to just fuck around so much. For an entire year, we used to bring up Cameroon goalkeeper Bandula Cartier in every, everything. In every bit of, if there was a project about him, the geography project, we talk about Cameroon and Bandula Cartier and his status, his celebrity status. We would talk about, in Spanish, we would like to miss, uh, in Spanish we'd say, uh, over the weekend we met Bandula Cartier. He was, um, he was in Tower Records signing footballs. He was wearing a white suit and he still had his key- keeper gloves on. He could barely hold a pen. But he, we, we made him up like he didn't exist, Bandula Cartier. We just bring him up all the time. And teachers would be like, why the fuck are these guys obsessed with this Cameroon goalkeeper? And then one time someone almost gave it away, being like, oh, would he not be in the um, African Cup of Nations uh, around this time of year? I'm like, shut the fuck up. You know, you just fuck around. I used to say, we were doing like a case study on Iceland, my geography teacher. And I said, um, sir, did you know there's only four banks in Iceland? Isn't that mad? And he goes, four types of banks. And then I just walked out of the room. I just walked out of the room. You could just fuck around. I tell you that one time, this same geography teacher, this was me being a little rascal, right? This is me being a little Dennis the Menace. Um, he, uh, you know, you, you had a class and then you could, you, you had to leave, but the teacher would stay and then you'd swap over and another class would come in. Well, he was, uh, he embarrassed me, quite frankly. I deserved it. I was eating burger bites, but whatever. He, he called me greedy or something like that for eating burger bites. And, um, and so when he got up to go to the bathroom, I got up to leave to go to a different class and he left all his gear. I took his pens and I flushed them down the toilet. What do you think of that? And I hope, like obviously, I hope my boy does not pick up on this rascal divilment. 
But uh, his father did it. I did that. Flushed him right down. And there was a big thing being like, whenever we find out who flushed him down, like, you'll do fuck all. You're new here. You'll do fuck all. Um, but I do feel for these continual assessment. And I can't believe. I mean, absolutely. Double down. Lawyer up. Because those, kid, those kids are coming at you. I mean, those ki- people are litigious at the best of times. If they all of a sudden are not going to get 600 points, that would have been, and that's amazing, but like, that would have been guaranteed. That would have been guaranteed that had gone in there to 600 points. Um, but it's, it's all that group work now. I remember for the junior search, we had a CSPE project, right? And we had it on the Nice Treaty. And, um, well, basically, we ended up not doing this one because we forged it, right? The whole class. This was like Ocean's, Ocean's 11. Or no, more like Ocean's 12. Ocean's 12, because the stakes were very, very low. But we forged our CSPE project, and the teacher was in on it. The teacher told us to do it. Um, now, I don't want to give her too much credit. She was a bit of a fucking wagon, right? She taught me another things. She's actually the character. She's, she's the person I based the, the Maz mate character off. You know, just acting, acting real like, how dare you? I've never been so insulted. You know, that kind of shit. She acted really fucking, you know, holier than thou, right? And, um, and actually as well, as well as that, right? She, um, she, uh, we used to clash. We just didn't get on very well. And I, you know, in retrospect, I've nothing but sympathy for teachers. You know, it's a tough job. Nothing but sympathy for bus drivers and teachers. Uh, it's a tough job, tough job. But, um, but she was a wagon. And I remember she said to me, you know, Tony, the way you're going on. I reckon you'd be lucky enough, lucky enough to get a D in English. Got an A, right? I got an A. And the first day at TY, I was in there and I was all like, Here, miss, do you remember you said I'd be lucky enough to get a D? Well, I got an A, so what does I say about you? That's what I said. And I said, it, I said those words, but definitely not as cool as that. That's really. <laughs> Do you, remember, do, you remember, do you remember like a few months ago uh, we, were t- we were talking and you, you said that I would be looking up to get a D. Well, I got an A. So, you know, what is that? What, 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 do you, what does that say about you? If you want to, do you want to answer that? You know, she was really pissed off with that. And I remember one time she said to me, um, she said, Tony, if you don't, if you don't shut up, I'm going to send you outside with lines, right? With lines, like to do lines, loads of lines. And I was like, oh. Like, and I said, hey, what are we in the Coliseum? Out to the Lions. Rawr. I said, get the fuck out. And everyone was like, yes, Tony's a legend. Um, but anyway, the scam was this, right? We had a project on the Nice Treaty. Do you remember the Nice Treaty? Remember we had to vote fucking twice. Two times a fucking charm for the Nice Treaty. Um, because it was in the... Because um, it was constitutional referendum. I don't know why, but we had to vote twice. Because we got it wrong. Because democracy is dumb and we're stupid and we had to vote again. From what I remember, the Nice Treaty was 2001. We had to vote to basically give more weighted voting to the bigger countries, to Germany, France, Italy, the UK. They were going to get more votes based on their population or whatever. Um, and we had two TDs come in. One, Finian McGrath, legend, independent. He was also my next door neighbor. Very sweet man, fantastic leader, community leader, gorgeous man, lovely family, right? Very supportive, very nice to to my man, right? 
when we were fucking around a lot of the time, you know, my parents were separated. When, I, when me and my brother would be fucking around, he was very nice. He would help. He'd cut the grass, stuff like that. Very nice man, right? He came in and he was like, I'm not into this Nice treaty. I think we're giving away a level of our sovereignty and we don't have to vote for it. And also, we have an opportunity here to stop it in Europe. We're the only people who have the opportunity to stop this now. It isn't the way it's supposed to be. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. And we're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And then we had Ivor Callaly come in. Remember Ivor Callaly? Remember? He, uh, he hired a fella to paint his house expensed it so we we paid for that right well not me but you know people who were working at the time um he had a holiday home in cork that he also had expensed um and all the travel to and from there right he expensed uh and then when he was a senator he uh expensed uh four grand on fake he made fake receipts with a mobile and he did five months and he also refused to apologize or refused to pay it back and he did five months right um he came in and he, he, to be honest, he just had the air of someone who um, would paint, hire someone to paint his house and let the taxpayer look after that. And he was on St. Lawrence's Road in Clontarf. Lovely road. Anyway, so he came in, he was fucking around. He was like, yeah, you got to do it. And they were like, I don't like this guy. Again, we didn't have a vote. So I think we were kind of anti, based on this, we were anti-Nice Treaty. And then we were like, well, we can't be fucking anti-Nice Treaty. We look, we look, you know. We look anti-Europe, you know, and, and our teacher didn't like this. So then out of nowhere, she changed it. And how she changed it was one of the lads in the class had written a letter to the president, Mary McAleese, without anyone knowing, by the way, SWAT, little SWAT, right? Let's call him Matthew. He was an albino, right? He was a kind of a fair-haired kid, right? Uh, and he, in his, in his spare time, had written... Uh, he's also the same kid who I used to hang out with, right, in school, and... um. I'm not having a go if he's listening to this, right? I'm not having a go, right? And that's not his real name. But he also used to sit me down uh, and play Flight Simulator on his on his computer, on his PC, right? And he'd be like, if you want to play Flight Simulator? I'm like, unreal. There's me picturing, like, you know, you know, doing Line 11, you know, just recreating, you know, not, you know, not, not that I get any enjoyment, you know, but crashing the, the thing in, crashing the plane into things. You know what I mean? The same reason they took, the same reason that they made flying very difficult in GTA 3 so that you couldn't smash into the buildings, right? Not that, you're, not that I'm going to get, you know, whatever. You know, you just want to, you're a kid. You want to, you want to crash the airplane. You want to crash the airplane. So I was like, class, this is going to be great. Let's play Flight Simulator. So I went over to his house. He goes over to his computer and it's like, welcome to uh, Matthew Airlines. The food will be, uh, you know, the, the trolley with refreshments will be around shortly. Um, the uh, flight time on this flight to Los Angeles will be approximately 16 hours. And then um, I sat down, and I was sitting down. Then he brought a tray over. And we were old. You know, we were old enough now. This was, you know, this actually was pre-9-11. So, you know, um, it was a different world when, you know. Anyway, I'm not going to So he sat me down, and he was like, there you are. He was, he, was the, he was the kid I told you about who used to eat. He put butter on his chips, right? He'd have microchips, and he put butter all over them, right? So he sat little, little microchips. And I was like, great. And then I tried to get up and he's like, sorry, no, the, 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 the fastened seatbelt sign has not been lifted. I was like, what? And I sat and I sat there for 16 hours watching him over on his PC, on his Windows 95 PC, on autopilot, just staring at the screen. And then you just you'd bring me refreshments. Be gas crack now, though. Be gas crack now. Anyway, he in his own time had written a letter to Mary McAleese. Asking her to come to the school, right? Um, so out of nowhere in CSPE, this teacher came in and she said, "Great news! We 
uh, Matthew has just gotten a letter from Ars Anuktron. And knowing me, being a, a wise arse, I probably said something like, uh, more like Ars Anuktorocha, the milky cunt. You know, something funny like that. Um, I wouldn't do another. Um, and and then um, and then she was like, so now we're going to be doing our CSP project, not on how we're opposed to the Nice Treaty and looking to basically draw a line in the sand of Ireland versus Europe. Uh, we're going to do it on how we all planned to invite President Mary McAleese to the school and how she uh, graciously decided to whatever. Blah, blah, blah. And they were like, but miss, we've already done all the project work. And I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to have to do it again. So we literally had to go back, do all the project work again, fake the dates on everything and make it look like we had just been fucking around with the Nice Treaty for a couple of months for no reason and that we had methodically been planning to invite Mary McAleese to the school for months. And then when she came, my mate, who was a prefect, right? Uh, it was a TY prefect. He was one of the kids who was going to be allowed to shake her hand. Uh, gave her the stink palm. Are you familiar with the stink palm? The stink palm made famous in the movie Mallrats, where you basically, you put your hand in between your ass cheeks all day. And then you shake someone's hand. They don't know about it, but you know about it. They got dirty, dirty hand. And he was, and I'm not fucking, he was literally there all day with his hand up his ass. Up his fucking ass. All day, you know, a young unwashed boy. And then in there was a little prefect badge, shook her hand. And then I remember asking him, man, why did you just pass all of your fecal matter on to the president of Ireland? And um, he said, she's no Mary Robinson. So there you are. There you are. You have a different surname. You're getting the stink, Pam. And we put in the project, and it was great. It was great. Um, and I'm not condoning condoning. Look, as a man who's had conjunctivitis in the past, fecal matter is no joke. And I would have loved if you got caught. You know? Do you think there's something fucking funny about putting fecal matter on the acting president? How dare you put fucking shit on the on the Mary McAleese's hand? Um, but look, she's alive. She's fine. You know? I wasn't in on it. I just knew that it happened. Um, well, look, that's me. I think that's me, guys. That's, that's how you end the show, isn't it? Saying, that's me, you know? Um, I just thought, back to normality. Back to normality. Oh, there goes gravity. Um, and, you know, thank you very much for your very kind support of the Eurovision pod. And how that went. I do really appreciate it. Um, but look, i got to go back to my son. We're still here. I'm still technically on parental leave. Right, just getting my two podcasts out a month or a week rather, and uh, and hanging out with my boy has been very sweet. Thank you very much for your very kind support of this pod for sharing. And if you can do me a favor, this will be class. If you right now, even if you don't listen to this on iTunes, if you could go over and you have an iPhone over to the podcast and app, if you can just subscribe anyway, even download the app, subscribe anyway, and leave a review. Okay. That would make a huge difference in me bumping this up the charts. I'm looking to get this sponsor. Don't you worry. I make it fun. I make it. I have a little laugh about it. But it'd be great if I could get this. Not the Patreon. That'll always be sponsor free. But this one sponsored would be great. And it would bump it up the charts for me. That would make a huge difference. Thank you very much. I love you. Thank you very much for letting me have this be my job. And for you being very sound. And take care. We're almost in phase two. Right? We're almost in the. What was the Marvel phase two? 
Marvel Phase 2 was um, Iron Man 3, Thor The Dark World, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Winter Soldier. I mean, come on, we're laughing. This is a serious phase. We're going to have a great, great time. Um, all the best to you. Thanks very much for your very kind support. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.